Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotoworld Football Show, where I am Patrick Doherty, joined by Denny Carter and Kyle Dvorak, and we will be joined later in the show, 20 to 25 minutes in, by a special guest, the Ringer's Danny Kelly. You may know him as a draft expert and fantasy football fanatic, and he is going to talk to us about his five favorite skill player prospects heading into next Thursday's draft. But before we get to Danny, we're going to get through a little NFL news and a little late-breaking news. Um... So guys, we were we were joking about right before the show started. You know, it's four twenty. Um, you might be listening on four twenty one, <laughs> but no one knew that Bill Belichick celebrated four twenty until he hired Matt Patricia as his offensive <laughs> coordinator for twenty twenty two, and it was a very very four twenty moment from maybe the least four twenty human being I've yeah. ever seen in my life. But yeah, Matt Patricia uh, no longer an offensive coach. He's been hired as a senior defensive assistant. By the Philadelphia Eagles, and I, is this a happy ending? Is this? Uh, I don't even know yeah. what this is. Are there any winners here? I would say it's a better fit, considering he is. I'm looking at my notes. He is, uh, yes, a lifelong defensive coach. <laughs> and uh, last year, he was told put it that to way. Do, some, do some offense, and they couldn't get a play in no. until November 12th. Literally could not get a plan. No. Belichick, Belichick wrote down, uh, you're the offensive coach now. And he said, oh, he read it because he wasn't talking to Belichick. He's like, oh, offensive? I, I can do offensive. This yeah. is going to be atrocious this year. The thing is, he's not really much of an improvement as a defensive mind. No, he's a bad defensive <laughs> coach and a worse offensive coach. He single-handedly lost a Super Bowl to Nick Foles before yeah. going to Detroit and then overseeing one of the very worst teams of the 21st century. So I don't, I actually don't understand how Matt Patricia, I like, I understand that the the guys get recycled and retreads and they have friends in the league and whatever. I actually don't understand how his constant and never ending failures as a coach have not cost him something. It it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't matter. You you started the sentence with all of the reasons that it has not cost him. Retread, recycled, guys failing upwards. You you seem to understand it perfectly. So I don't know what the problem is here. I do. I do understand it. Denny, real quick, I meant to do this before we on air. Uh, it'll be a little awkward on air, but just a little <laughs> housekeeping <laughs> item for the NBC Sports Edge family <laughs> is that your expense request for $8 a month for Twitter Blue has been denied. We will God. not pay for that. Um, Dang. We will you not know, pay for that. I, I, I had to give it a shot, right? Am I right, Elon? You didn't. Are you um, listening? He is listening and uh, seemingly listening to absolutely nobody as he embarks on the single worst business model I've ever seen. In the history of business, according yeah. to you, and I, last time I checked, Pat, you're not a billionaire. No, he's just staking his entire investment on a subscription service that he made sure the reputation for was completely toxic six months before it even launched. This seems like kind of a tough business model. <laughs> it's uh, it's you know what you know what it is. It's a galaxy brain model, and I, I for you know for me, I have to respect that. It's a uh, it's it's very very galaxy brain. Yeah, we probably should have talked about that in today's galaxy brains. Check it out on uh, Denny. What's the YouTube page? It's on called NFL on NBC YouTube page. Check it out. Galaxy brains will be up in a matter of hours. Definitely. We talk about Russell Wilson and Bill Belichick every single week. Uh, yeah. You know, speaking of galaxy brains, there was the, the worst kept secret of the 2021 NFL offseason 
was Kyle Shanahan had to have Mac Jones. Nothing could come between him and Alabama quarterback Mac Jones. And then he selected Trey Lance. And he has hated every single moment of it <laughs> since it happened and can barely hide his contempt for the yeah. movie made. Even though everyone in the 49ers speaks very, very highly of Trey Lance, the young man. As a person. Kyle Shanahan psyched himself out, drafted a player he just clearly didn't want that seemingly, I guess, doesn't fit his system. They're talking now about the guy who was the final pick of the draft last year being the clear-cut starter. While they signed Sam Darnold to be the backup, as we've discussed before, Sam Darnold would not have signed with the 49ers if there was any expectation. He would be the number three quarterback. It seems Trey Lance is on the way out. They get closer to con- like just outright confirming this every day. Denny, yeah. or like you said, on Galaxy Brains, they, they said they answer calls about Trey Lance trades, but they will not make them. They will not make it. You you're not going to see me calling. I, you know, John Lynch said, I, I, I refuse to call. People are begging me, please call me about Trey Lance. I won't call. I will pick up the phone, but I'm, I'm not going to make the call. He's not going to make the call. Maybe building smoke that someone who's been making this these calls are the Houston Texans, who now have like an entire 49ers coaching staff down in Houston. And this is accompanied by smoke. The Texans are thinking about passing on a quarterback at number two overall. Because it seemed like they wanted Bryce Young, but he seems to be now the runaway favorite to go number one to yeah. the Panthers. Uh, Kyle, this, like, who might actually trade for Trey Lance? And would the Texans be better off saying, I'm starting a second and fourth round pick for Trey Lance rather than taking C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, et cetera? No, they should not trade for Trey Lance. And I like Trey Lance. Like, I think he was a really interesting prospect uh, and hasn't gotten a fair shake, not by his own team. Like, it's just bad luck, essentially. It hasn't really gotten a fair shake in the NFL. But there is a lot of information baked into the fact that, you know, the the media is clearly being told probably by the 49ers that we're open for business. Like if you are that willing to give up a player who you so recently traded so many first round picks and spent one first round pick on, like that's essentially data that tells us. And Kyle has been disappeared into the void. Um, didn't, didn't pay for the check. No, nope, didn't pay for the stream your check and they're hardcore about it. They bounce you out. You gotta uh, go. We're so sorry to our listeners. Oh, we'll, we'll welcome Kyle Dvorak back in the stream as he scrambles and panics, wondering why he dropped out. Kyle, you can resume your thought on Trey Lance. Pick up exactly where you were, the exact word you were at. <laughs> that I think I was. That's data. <laughs> that uh, he doesn't. He doesn't look good in practice, and they're not valuing him highly at all. So. No, take CJ Stroud. Just do the right, the the right as if like there's a moral rightness to it. <laughs> there is. Take CJ Stroud. He's really good. Just it's moral necessity the to take CJ Stroud. <laughs> He's the best quarterback on the board. I think for teams, teams that look like they should be maybe eyeing Trey Lance are the teams that are getting seriously shut out of quarterback to the point where like there's no way like like there's no real way for Washington to trade up. Right? They're giving up so much to move up to like. Six or seven, if a fourth quarterback, not even the second or third, if a fourth quarterback makes it to like seven, Washington is giving up like a first plus to go from what they're like 15 or something. Uh, Two first, a first and seconds. That's not worth spending to get the fourth best quarterback in the draft. Could you negotiate a late second or, you know, a second round pick to get Trey Lance? I don't even know if it would like it could be more like a conditional second, more like the way we saw Carson Wentz passed along a few times. So that's maybe worth a gamble, right? Because your other options are also not good for the teams that really have no way out of their situation. And 
I think the Trey Lance proposition is not terrible in that, like, at this point, he's probably a bust, right? It doesn't look great. If you're the commanders, the Bucks, uh, and and you get this quarterback who completely flops, one, your other quarterbacks are probably flops anyways, but two, like, fine, you pick with the first pick next year. That's good. You want a player who is, at this point, super boom bust because that's the only way for you to progress as a franchise. You don't want these middle-of-the-road guys. Like You don't want to be starting Jacoby Brissett or Taylor Heineke for 17 games. Or Baker Mayfield, you actually might want to start that guy for 17 games to get the first overall pick. But Guaranteed. you want to – yeah, yeah. You want, you want a guy who can get you the first pick or who is – who maybe lives up to the hype that we saw a few years ago. And then, and then you're in a better place as a franchise. So I, those are the teams that I think should be taking flyers, not teams that have legitimate shots at, you know, Stroud at even if I'm not a Levis guy, maybe Will Levis, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. You should probably take Will Levis over Trey Lance. Yeah. That's not, that's not that controversial. And Anthony Richardson, the teams that, uh, you know, like the guys picking in the teams, eat your heart out. Go, go get a Trey Lance if you really want <laughs> So you're saying, Kyle, that uh, teams, NFL teams, should take the uh, the GPP bro approach yes. to team building. You know, <laughs> you're going to finish first or you're going to finish last, but you you don't want to be uh, you know in the, in the middle. And I and I get that. Yeah, and the next thing you know, you've won two million dollars and you betray your coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> too soon. Um, I mean, I'm no, not not too soon. Pat, we love you. We love you, buddy. I won. I won fifty eight dollars in golf the other day, and I didn't leave. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we we love you, Pat Corain. Uh Trey Lance. I'll say, I I feel like I've already suggested these teams several times, kind of like in the Levis Anthony Richardson combos. But if these teams aren't sold on Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, or they just don't make them back, I mean, why the Falcons and Titans, two run based offenses that badly need a talent infusion at quarterback, would make a lot of sense to me. Is like someone to take a Trey Lance flyer. And the thing is, it is just a true flyer. That's what's like so frustrating about Trey Lance is we didn't know a ton about him entering the league because he had just played so little in college. He had attempted like fewer than 400 throws since high school, and we just haven't gained a whole lot more information on him. So the teams could just view this as like a total shot in the dark. And I threw out like a second and fourth round pick. That sounds fair to me, but maybe that's just like wildly overvalued for what Trey Lance is at this point. But yeah, I just think someone like the Falcons or the Titans who want to be run based anyway are going to try to keep things simple for the quarterback. I feel like they would make a lot of sense. Yes, maybe more sense than the Texans as a team to take a flyer on Trey Lance. I, I agree. I actually think the Titans are uh, a very likely fit because clearly they're out on Tannehill. I think Tannehill's thirty-five. I mean, I, I he's that, very. It is crazy how old he is. That snuck up. Uh, the last <laughs> I, I looked, I, he's twenty-seven, and then all of a sudden he's thirty-five. Anyway, so he's done. And and uh, wow. there, you know, Mike Mike Vrabel uh, is never ever going to coach a balanced offense. Okay, like that's just not happening. So Trey Lance makes a lot of sense for a team that wants to throw the ball as little as possible. He would make a lot of sense. Um, you know what else would make a lot of sense for a team that wants to run the ball as much as possible? What's that? Uh, Allen Robinson. Um, he's a run blocker now <laughs> at this stage of his career. Yeah, come on. Come on. I mean, it's both just, groaning? It's too much. You're both groaning immediately. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty rare to get the double groan. I, I, uh, he listens to the show. He does. I, I gave like a half laugh. It was like, I'd say you got a one and a half groan. Dude, no, you got two groans. Uh, found they, you guys found that comment to be inappropriate. He's been acquired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
who I've talked about this with Denny before. I can't remember what the context was, but the Steelers like skill core isn't as deep as you're used to. Like usually there's like three or four receivers. Like how are they going to divvy this up? But it's Deontay Johnson, who, as we know, has his limitations. It's George Pickens, who had kind of a mixed rookie year. Like, I kind of can't get past the chatter that, like, if George Pickens was really good, he would have commanded more targets. Yes. Maybe it just wasn't possible, though, in this offense. And then you have Pat Fryermuth. So it's, it's, it's a better top three than several teams, like probably a lot of teams, but not as deep as we're used to seeing from the Steelers' skill corp. A likely washed up large bodied receiver who they obviously they, they don't age well typically going to a team that will make every effort to never throw the football this year uh he's going to be third at maybe fourth maybe fifth in the pass catching pecking order there is no room for any sort of volume based upside here zero room okay so i i, I don't like i saw some positive spins on this maybe from a real football standpoint it's good but from a watching the dots on the screen, looking at the box score, it's not going to happen. No, not going to happen. And, man, just like another enormous whiff for the Rams. So I think paid Allen Robinson $25 million no. total dollars somehow. To yeah, catch. I think he was he was going to be paid $15 million this year, and they 10 of it is what I saw uh, in the move, and Pittsburgh pays him about $5 million. They are paying and, him $5 million. Yeah, and the, the pick swap is nothing. It's like the 20 picks in the seventh round. Like It's, it's meaningless. But that should like that should tell you how we should feel about this. Like they essentially just wanted some money, uh, and they were willing to get nothing in return, essentially, to get ten mil back. And the Steelers had enough money. It's like, sure, we'll take a flyer on this guy because it wasn't too long ago that he was good. But I feel like the ceiling for this move though is like AJ Green with the Cardinals, and like, uh, yeah, like really, sense. honestly, that has to be the ceiling for this move, right? Yeah, sure. Um, That's pretty bad. Is there? <laughs> I mean, he's totally bombed now for back-to-back teams. Or is it, well, I guess I don't know, we all thought it was like sabotage in 2021 with the Bears, but no, it just turned out his legs were gone. Yeah. And, um, Matt Nagy was right. Uh, Matt Nagy is waiting for your apology, by the way, everybody. Matt Nagy has never been wrong. No, nope, he hasn't at all. Wait, what's – oh, we could, let's get Matt Nagy to Pittsburgh, a little reunion with Trubisky, <sighs> with Robinson. <sighs> Gang's all there. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's Edit the most that out, down, please, down bad please. reunion in the history of sports. Please, that's please, two double groans. I heard out. a double groan from you guys. Yeah, yeah please. Uh, we please are we are groaning today, man. So yeah, George Pickens and Allen Robinson, just like two guys that are like having to win like contested catches, and like that's like who they're giving Kenny Pickett. It's kind of weird. Uh, I can't really say this makes sense from a team. Yeah, perspective. Uh, by the way, yeah, you're right, Pat. I, I, George Pickens. There are a lot of kind of peripheral stats that are. Very concerning for George Pickens. I I know he has that dog. Okay, it's, no no one's denying. Looks that. like our next Gabe Davis Maya Coppola is coming. I, I don't know <laughs> how far the dog can get him. Is yeah, the dog. I mean, dog levels can take you very very far. Like maybe not far enough. Speaking of dog levels that need to be reined in, according to his own coach Josh Allen, that's been the narrative of his offseason. He's got to run less. He's got to stop taking these big hits. Yeah. He injured the elbow last season that wasn't on one of these scrambles, but that he's just kind of like a ticking time bomb of a major injury waiting to happen if he doesn't rein in his style of play. Josh Allen himself has now hinted he may run less in 2023, speaking to ESPN's Elena Gainsbourg, or paraphrasing him, Elena Gainsbourg reported that Allen, quote, realizes the time will come when he'll have to transition from being a football player first 
And a QB second to a QB. I don't know. This quote doesn't make it. So a QB sense, first and a football player second. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyways, he's gonna. He wants to run less. In theory, do are we putting any stock into this whatsoever? Or what do you think, Kyle? Can you not take the dog no. out of the Allen? Maybe some someday, but certainly not today. Uh, I mean, one like he's really good at it. He was like second in EPA per rush attempt among. I was gonna say among quarterbacks, but quarterbacks are generally far more efficient running. So he was just one of the best pure runners in the NFL last year. It's been that way for years, and like. I like I'm not oh Danny, this is a great example. I'm not a dots guy, but if you've ever seen where one dot, because they don't have a dimension of height, phases through the other one, that's when Josh Allen literally hurdles someone. <laughs> that's what's happening there, trying to describe the yeah. film to you. If you've ever watched Josh Allen play, he's not getting reined in. It will never happen. And I hope it doesn't, because the yeah, the world in the NFL is better that way. But that's something that like, yeah, I, I yeah. he plays so stylistically who he is. Maybe in 10 years uh yeah. we'll be waiting a while i'd say we will be waiting it, a while it is hard to imagine him making that switch i have some numbers for the folks cool. if you're if you're interested in in what his rushing has looked like uh in recent seasons so in his breakout 2020 season he averaged 4.7 rushes per game uh that dropped to 4.2 in 2021 and then last season it remained at 4.2 so he's already there's already seen a, a little bit of a of, of a decrease in in rushing uh, as far as expected uh, rushing fantasy points, he was fourth among all quarterbacks in 2022. He was third the year before. He was fourth the year before that. So it, it's pretty much stayed the same. I don't really see it changing uh, dramatically. But I, I, I do think it, it is worth reading uh, a little bit into what the Bills have said as an organization. Brandon Bean, the general manager, expressed some concern. Josh Allen revealed uh, during this week's interview that, quote, I'm getting older, which is uh, which is good information to have. And then uh, uh, Bill's head coach, uh, Sean McDermott, uh, said back in late March, he said, quote, I don't think that's a healthy way to play quarterback in this league. And it's undefeated that things are going to happen when you play that style. We have to get that adjusted and it's never going to go completely away. Blah, 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 blah. He goes yeah. on. It, I, I do think there's a chance that it will be ratcheted back, but I don't think that you can take that out of Allen's game completely. No, I think their concern is kind of like when you corner a politician, like in the Senate hallway, and like they realize they're forced to give a quote on yeah. something really controversial, and they just say, I'm concerned. You know, I, I'm very <laughs> concerned about this. And like there's eyeing up the Senate subway, like, can I still run? Am I young enough to run? Can I please, <laughs> please, please get out of here? And I just think you could like sooner take the dual threat out of Josh Allen then you could descending Kyle Juszczyk into motion for absolutely no reason on every play out of Kyle Shanahan. Um, <laughs> it's just so, not going to happen. You're so upset about Shanahan. It's just not, not going to happen. And like, it's like the classic, like best laid plan where like, like the literal very first third down of the season, Josh Allen's like, well, this play is too important for me not to. Run. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's the same thing. You could sooner take the, uh, you know, the just absolutely absurd level of craziness and awesomeness out of Josh you could, um, you know, Michael Burton inside shovel pass on the one yard line from Andy Reid. Dials that one up. <laughs> you get to that point, and you're like, oh my God, Andy Reid, this is great. I can't believe it. Let's like run the ball with a, a normal run on the one yard line. And he's like, Michael Burton, got to get you in there, bud. <laughs> it will never ever happen. But what is about to happen is the Ringers' Danny Kelly is going to join us to talk his five favorite skill player position prospects this year right after this. Every season is draft season. Get your Roto World Draft Guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts. It's packed with profiles, rankings, and projections. 
Order today and get all three Rotorol draft guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code Barry to save an extra 20% off at checkout. That is promo code B E R R Y to save an extra 20% at checkout. And don't forget, download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. It is now our distinct pleasure to welcome in a man by the name of Daniel Kelly. You may know him as Danny <laughs> Kelly. Uh, he's a longtime writer for The Ringer. He's a co-host of The Ringer Fantasy Football Show, The Ringer NFL Draft Show. He writes a lot about the draft. He's got his top 50 prospects pinned um, to his profile on. But, Danny, I see uh, no blue check mark. Uh, I know. You can call me Daniel now So because yeah, anything yeah. goes, really, uh, at this point. No blue check. I just can't help but notice you have no status. <laughs> How do we know it's you? Is, is, what, I, is what we're asking. I don't I know mean, if this is a body double. We're, you know, you don't, and that's the beauty of it. That's that's why it works so well. Is uh, you you have no idea if it's actually me. Um, it's pure chaos, <laughs> anarchy, and it just makes a lot of sense to do it this way. Don't ask why. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Danny's an agent of chaos, and yeah, according to the NBC legal guidebook, we're only allowed to have guests who have clout. And you just you have no clout without a blue check. So, but we are making clout an score. What's there. my clout score these days? Yeah, no, the Zoomers will not remember clout. Oh man, no. I wanted I wanted to boost my clout score more than my credit score back. Then. <laughs> Taking out extra clout credit cards. Yeah, yeah, they won't remember clout. They won't remember. I can't tell if this is a bit you guys are all doing upon no. me. No, we're old. We're old. Don't worry. It's, Do you guys it was remember Facebook? Remember, was that how oh, you pronounced yes. it? Oh, uh, man. There were some good websites. Go back, back to E-Bombs World if we're really talking about it. There were a lot. There was like a whole Twitter expanded yeah. universe. There were a lot of ways uh, to to measure your self-worth uh, according <laughs> to according to your internet presence back in the day. Where, yeah. where did that go? I feel too good about myself today. I need to feel worse. Uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Anyway, I... Uh, I uh, just having a hard time getting through the show today after losing my check mark. I'll be honest. <laughs> you do sound a little down. Yeah, Danny, before you got here, I broke down in tears several he times. Was, and like, like I don't know why. Pat's he was crying. actually, uh, he was actually crying, lines. crying and dry heaving before the yeah. show. Yeah. Weeping, yeah. weeping. To be clear, yeah. this time felt different though, because he does it before every show. But you can tell this time it was an <laughs> elevated <laughs> level of upset. Totally. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we we got great makeup people that they send to my house in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm looking good. I'm feeling good, and no, yeah. we're. Feeling really, really good about welcoming Danny in, who is, I, I really is a draft expert. Love your stuff on the draft. Always love hearing your opinion on the draft. And we put you on Thank the spot you. to just come up with some content for us, basically. And <laughs> talk about <laughs> five favorite content. Uh, yeah. skill player prospects heading into 2023 draft a week from today. Who do you want to start with, Danny? So low-hanging fruit, I guess. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver at Ohio State, who throughout this whole process, I've always – felt a little bit like I'm taking crazy pills about why he I think he started out the process like a little low people were talking about how he's a fringe first round second round pick um, doesn't have enough speed can't play on the outside um, and I was always a little mystified by by that talk and that was just coming straight I think from the NFL like that was sort of the feedback that people like Dane Brugler Daniel Jeremiah were getting from the NFL I always felt that that was a bit strange and then throughout this process i think he's really separated himself from the rest of the pack he's the clear-cut top receiver he is he kind of was always in my mind um and you know even going past sort of the 
I think the opinions from the NFL and maybe just the impressions from the NFL, I do think he has the skill set to play all over the formation. Maybe he's not going to be primarily outside. And I think that's fair. Um, but, you know, a guy who can line up at the Z maybe or, or you know, get some snaps on the outside. I think he he brings that to the offense. Um, he has the ability to play in two receiver sets. I think he has the skill set to do that. And so, um, you know, a lot of these concerns and worries uh, of JSN coming into this process have sort of, it felt like they've kind of melted away and he's the clear cut best route runner. He's got, you know, a ludicrously productive season on his, on his resume. Um, you know, that's obviously one, that's one thing that really, really stands out is yeah. like, and wasn't he supposed to be like the number three receiver that year for Ohio state. And he came yeah. out and just posted like what, 1700 yards or something. Yeah. 1600 and change, which was more than on that team, Chris Olave <laughs> and Garrett Wilson. Right. And also like Marvin Harrison was on that roster, I believe as well. And like, th- like he had to beat out future first round picks to get on the field, to play with future first round picks who were older than him also. And he outproduced them so easily. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's like, unreal and sure you could say like it's easier when you play with those guys but like you it is so hard to earn targets when you play with like rookie of the year number one and number two or three or whatever like earning targets amongst those guys is like a, a being a man amongst other men level of thing at the, at the <laughs> totally. college level and it will translate and that i mean that's a great point that's actually another reason i have more confidence throughout this whole process more and more confidence in him and even if you go further past like early college career production like if you look at what he did in high school i mean he's a five-star prospect coming out of texas um you know just absolutely ludicrous numbers in high school like going back all the way like he's just been a stud since the very beginning and he's only produced every time he's on the field like this is all he does and so like to me that you know there it feels like we're quibbling a little bit too much about where he's going to line up in the nfl like he's just a very very good player so um even though it's low hanging fruit, I know that you know we probably talked about Jackson Smith and Jigwetton. I just had to bring him up because he's just so fun to watch. I think he's going to be a really good player, um, and you know I think he's going to hit the ground running in the NFL, so he can stay healthy. Well, yeah, it's interesting because like you said the narrative you know, draft season's so long. Oh like, my god! Yeah, it's like every <laughs> hyped draft prospect basically lives long enough to become the villain. And I mean, CJ like, Stroud this week, yeah, exactly. I feel like that's kind of happened with JSN. Yeah, and it's it's funny, like you said. You think he actually could line up on the outside, maybe, but even if he couldn't, he's just like uncontainable, mm-hmm. basically, over the middle and like intermediate areas. But Danny, so I, I talk about the narratives of Jason real quick. Like, I've seen people like derisively, derisively, however you pronounce it, compare him. <laughs> like to, British. Yeah, to, to Jarvis Landry. <laughs> Is comparing him to Jarvis Landry slander or praise, you think? Um, I don't think it's slander. I think maybe it depends. It's, it depends on who's saying it and how they're meaning it because obviously, <laughs> like, you know, if, if you look at it's Landry's all in the career, tone of the Jarvis Landry, comparison. right? Landry's had a long, good career and productive. So from that point of view, if I know I'm getting Jarvis Landry, like that's good. That's a good thing. You know, um, I think you like it. Go ahead. He's oh, three eleven hundred yard seasons, five right. Pro Bowls, like in the NFL for nine, I think, years and counting like. Sure, I'd love to. I'd I'd love to all of the receivers I draft just be Calvin Johnson. Why can't they all just be <laughs> right, that? Right, but right, like, exactly. even if he is just Jarvis Landry, that would be really good. And he's Highly like better than that too yes. by a lot. 
So, Danny, you want him to be Jarvis Landry 2.0? I, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be too bad. Uh, did you say Denny or Danny? I, I, I said Denny. Didn't. Sorry. Yeah. Carter. Call me, just call me Daniel on this. Yeah, Carter. Uh, the, I, the amount of Irish names on this. So, except for it's kind of ruined by Denny. Denny's not an Irish name. Sorry, man. I, I thought Carter was an English name, but no, I guess. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. Uh, Danny, I did have a question for you. So, yeah. does, J, does JSN profile to you as like the kind of the newish? Proto prototype receiver for the NFL. Uh, it's, it just seems like that the league is moving so far away from like those like early two thousands enormous big body receivers on the outside. Does does he does he fit? I guess I'm just teeing up here. Does he fit that model? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I think. And in, in the funny thing is, like you're mentioning, I think that what you're alluding to is like the older days. It was like these big physical guys, right? W- win with power and size on the outside. Um, and he's a little bit smaller than that. He's probably going to be mainly in the slot in the NFL. Um, but at the same time, like he's big compared to the rest of this class. Like he's six foot, 200 inch. That's not right? a joke, man. There's so many five <laughs> foot nine, 178 pound receivers in this Dude, class. It's insane. It's, it's worrisome to me. Um, it is. obviously, you know, the NFL, I think is changing and, and it's hard to really get a big picture view of it because, you know, we, we are so just myopic throughout this whole process every year. It's just like, Oh, this guy's too small. But then, you know, we'd see that the NFL, if you zoom out, the NFL is changing. There's the offenses are changing. The defense is not allowed to hit as much. Um, You know, everything is sort of geared towards the offense. And so these guys with the ability to get open and, you know, get open early, especially go over the middle of the field and and not really have to get their heads taken off. Like they used to, um, (laughs) they can survive in the NFL, I think. But at the same time, like Jackson Smith, the jig, he's like, average size which is yeah, great yeah. you know like he's 195 pounds or 200 pounds he's like and, and honestly i think he plays pretty tough like he's not soft um there's a couple of plays i'm just thinking of in my head where you know he caught a ball got his head taken off there's one play in particular where he got his helmet taken off and he still held on to the football got right up popped back up and, and just went back and played and it's like this is a tough um very savvy route runner uh you know good after the catch not going to be like the most explosive guy but i think he's savvy after the catch and, you know, I think the, the comps to Amon Ross St. Brown make a lot of sense to me. Just stylistically, you know, get you a little bit yards after that catch, do a little bit of everything, just be really good, savvy, um, you know, quarterback's best friend type of player. And, like, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he was really productive as a rookie. Danny, by the way, before before the show, it sounds like you're watching the 20 biggest hits of the 2000 NFL season clip <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> Get myself psyched up, you know. Yeah, yearning for the good old days. No, really, really good stuff on JSN. Danny, who do you want to talk about next? Uh, Dalton Kincaid is one of my favorite players in this class. Um, and my comp for him was sort of just like a joke, but it was literally, I'm thinking it, but I don't want to say it because every time I watch Dalton Kincaid, Travis Kelsey comes to mind. Like, obviously, not the same size. Um, Kelsey's got probably 10 or 15 pounds on him, but he's just so fluid, so elusive after the catch kind of just the way he moves the way he catches the football and changes direction really quickly his body control um gets in and out of routes really quick really tough at the catch point there's just so much to like about this guy and i think there's like maybe a little downside because he's a little older um but if you look back at kind of his history he he started football late in his life um had to walk on or he, he went to uh San Diego, I think it was. He went to some small school. Um, yeah, University of San Diego, whatever, like an FCS school, I <laughs> right. think. And he had, I think he'd only played football as maybe a senior in high school. I think it was that's immediately, right. I get, I get that it's FCS, right? But like, he was immediately able to pick it up there and it yeah. didn't take long from at Utah, too. And he came in, yeah, exactly. He transferred to Utah, has been really productive for them. Um, you know, 
he was second to Brock Bowers this year in catches and yards at tight end. So, I mean, like this is a high level like production guy. In addition to the the traits that you see on tape, um, I actually remember kind of when I first watched, I try not to do this, but it happens in, in, inevitably. Like I remember thinking, I'm not going to like this guy as much as everyone likes him. Like, I just think the mm-hmm. hype, like the, cause I was hearing all this hype about him. And I remember thinking like, Oh, probably I won't like as much as I, as everyone else does. And then I watched it and I was like, Holy shit. If you watch the USC tape, like, Oh my God, that game was just <laughs> incredible. Um, it's embarrassing for us. USC. He dropped like 200 something yards, right? Like yeah. it was <laughs> like, I'm not exaggerating. I think it was in the two hundreds. Something yeah. always happens. It was, I USC. think it was in the 200. Yeah. Like he just absolutely went uh, bananas in that game. And um, so to me, he's, he's a very, very interesting player. I really hope he lands on a team that utilizes a tight end a lot and, and asks him to do that kind of stuff. It doesn't ask him to like try and block. Cause he's not good at that. Um, Please, no blocking so, for Dalton. Yeah. Like blockers. Yeah, I'm begging like you, uh, Danny. Uh, so you went into the process a little bit iffy on Dalton Kin- Kincaid, and you came out saying that he's uh, Travis Kelsey only good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always dangerous to compare guys to you know the best player at their position in a generation, of course. Um, which is why I didn't like officially do that. But no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Shades off. You did mention maybe one of the only like touches of gray is that he is going to turn 24 this year. But mm-hmm. we, as we know, like, like in general, you, you want to, if you're breaking ties, you're going to break in favor of the younger player, but like plenty of examples too. Like we can't, to, you can't just write these guys off just because they happen to be like turning 24 years old. And right. especially a guy with like kind of a meandering path to the NFL, like you pointed out and who just was so, so, so good in 2020, 2022, and I think is clearly a top what is everyone is saying is like the best tight end class in years. Um, yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. Really, really I, I looked up Kincaid. Right. He had 16 catches for 234 yards and a touchdown against uh, USC. And like in that one, uh, like obviously when you put up 200 some yards, you're going to, you're kind of going to look like Travis Kelsey as a tight end, but it was like, Oh, there's just no, uh, there's no safety or linebacker with the speed and athleticism uh, to keep up with him. But like, he's a big dude. He's like six, four, six, five, two, uh, two fifties. I think uh, corners aren't going to keep up with that guy either. Physically, they're not going to be able to like, you know, handle him. And he showed, he showed that off obviously yeah. against USC. It's like also an embarrassing defensive performance. <laughs> Are you a USC guy? No, no, I just, <laughs> no, 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 no. I've I've already made this joke, but Danny, he Kyle tries to keep it on the down low. He doesn't want people to know he's part of Buckeye Nation. Oh, okay. He's so you can tell Buc- me all about. He's that. the only Ohio State alum who does not drive around every college football Saturday with a giant Ohio State flag in the back. <laughs> of the yeah, well, we missed we missed the Natty when I was there, so I'm still a little bitter uh, about that one. We got it the year before I was there. Like I swear, I live in a suburb of St. Louis, Missouri. And by far the flag I see flown the most of colleges is just every Saturday, every large truck in my entire city is driving around with an Ohio State flag. <laughs> what about like small sedans? Do you ever see like a, a no, reasonably no, no. sized car? It's good on gas, maybe that no. flies a big flag. Or, Always oh, a okay. 2001 Chevy Silverado, like a really, really <laughs> giant one that gets eight miles per Yeah, day. I was going to say eight. You took it out yeah, of my mouth. Eight, uh, eight miles to the gallon. That's exactly what that car gets. Reminds me of the old Simpsons joke about an SUV where they said Highway 12, City Zero. Um, Ohio <laughs> State fans. Drive trucks that get zero miles per gallon flying their flags. <laughs> what does that mean? I have no idea. And Danny, I better move us on. Who is the third player? You want All to right, we'll about? go off of the obvious easy ones here for a minute and talk about Devon A. Chain, running back out of Texas A&M. 
who and and I've sort of he's been one of my favorite players in this draft class and and i've probably been hyping him up way way more than i logically should be just because he's 188 pounds and i just wanted to say i recognize he's small i recognize he's an outlier in size and i'm probably gonna regret this but i cannot just i just love watching this guy play like he's so freaking explosive and fast like he is the one guy i'd say in the last you know five years or something of doing this that i say to myself like he actually it it comes close to like tyree kill speed like twitch um, you know, not necessarily saying he's he's that that fast. Danny, to cut you off real quick, you compared someone to Kelsey, now Tyreek. You yeah. gotta compare someone to Mahomes soon. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that's good. Sorry. Um Hendon Hooker, the next Mahomes. No. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you were speaking very eloquently about A Shane and then I No no no. It's off. good. You gotta take me down a notch with A Chain just because I'm just like unreasonably high on him. Um but yeah, I mean to me he's just incredibly incredibly explosive the acceleration is off off the charts he, he he has like acceleration that that matches or exceeds jameer gibbs like it that's how fast he is i think um he's he does get a downgrade obviously because he's small 188 pounds um but to me like get it get him in an offense that's getting him in space get him involved in the passing game he's a pretty good pass catcher in fact there were times in 2021 i think where he was actually being used like as a slot receiver while they had uh, Isaiah Spiller in the backfield also kind of getting him on the field doing that thing. Um, he's honestly pretty good between the tackles. Not that he's going to get a lot of volume at the next level doing that, but you know he can be a guy that's not going to be completely betraying you know tendencies and, and offensive schemes and things like that. Like they can run him up the middle here and there if they want, and he, he's got a little bit of wiggle, got juice to get like basically the way that I the way that I envision him is like he has access to gaps in the line that like most running backs don't have because he's so fast to hit the hole once he gets once he plants his foot he's just through there um and so yeah to me he's just the most fun player to watch in this class and i really hope he lands in a system that can kind of utilize him um to take advantage of his skill set um you know obviously hopefully he doesn't get a lot like stuck behind a couple guys and, and not really do anything because i i really do think he could be a star if he if he was in the right system and just totally boomer stats, but I mean, averaged almost six and a half yards per carry. Scored 21 touchdowns on 369 carries. Like for a small guy in the SEC, that's pretty amazing. I will say it is, I was not expecting Bryce Young to be like the heaviest skill player prospect in this class. Like <laughs> he's like the only one over right. 200 pounds. Seriously, dude. It's every receiver is like 180 pounds. But yeah, Devin A. Shane, he's the guy, he, there's no way, like once these dynasty drafts get rolling in two weeks, like, or he's just going to be like, no matter what his real life draft capital is, like, yeah, he's good at one nine, one ten, right? I took him. So I mean, I've done a couple already. I took him at the two hundred three, which was absolutely ludicrously too high, but like, <laughs> I did it anyway because I'm like, I don't want anyone else to take him. Uh, I've seen him fall. These are super flex drafts, so it's a little different. But like, I've seen him fall into the late second. That's about as far as he goes usually. Um, a chain, he's going to return a kick to the house in the preseason and have like yes. the Amir Abdullah so the Abdullah special. Where oh, like, yes, can, great call. Where, yeah, where oh, I, it's, a, it's a shallow class. I can take him with the 104. There's almost <laughs> no one good left here, except for Abdullah was not fast, Abdullah was quick. Yeah, a chain is like legit world class. Oh, he's like he's like track speed. He ran like a yeah. four three, low four three, he's like four three two, I think. Four, yeah, four three two. two. Uh, and you see it too. Like he is yeah. devastatingly fast. Twitchy. I, I have some numbers on A-Chain if I if I could share those real quick. Please do. Uh, he uh, he ranked in the 83rd percentile in elusive rating and 80th percentile in breakaway percentage last season. And of course, he ran that 4.32 at the combine. 
So really, it, like it, it, a very impressive athlete. Uh, he also was a, a top something called the backfield dominator rating, which is put out by Rotoviz. Um, you know, just a he was a, a workhorse uh, for for much of last year. So it was uh, it's good to see. I think he's a lot. He has a lot going for him. I'm I'm on, I'm on board, Danny. All right. There's no way he's just not. I'm telling you, he's going to be sneaking in like late first round, and no matter what, like his real life draft capital is. Yeah. It, it just looks so good on paper. And real real quick, I wish I were kidding about this. We mentioned the Amir Abdullah gif, uh, like him t- housing it in that preseason. I remember where I was when I saw that. <laughs> I was walking through the Cleveland, Ohio airport, and like several people had texted it to me while I was on a plane. And like I just remember, like man, like this is—it's he's happening. gonna be so awesome. He's, he's still in the league. I know, he's still yeah. in the league. Right? It's not—he's had a good like most players drafted wherever he went, like the second round, or whatever. They eventually yeah. wash out, and he's yeah. still hanging around. So we were right all along to draft him in the fourth round <laughs> as a rookie. Yeah, yeah. I'm fourth round, man. I took him. I think the second. Like, uh, was like I don't yeah, remember. Like, he was uh, going so high. He went in the second, I think, in like a, pretty much every day. Maybe the first. He did not go in the first. He did not go in the first. Kyle, you're too young to remember these things. Uh, Danny Kelly has brought three really great players so far. Dalton Kincaid, Kincaid, Devin A. Shane, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Who is fourth, Danny? All right. So this guy is just stylistically I love. um, And I think if he, again, if he lands in the right spot, could be way, way better than people are expecting. That's Roshan Johnson running back out of Texas. Just, you know, obviously stuck behind. Uh, Bijan Robinson for most of his career, he he actually was he was recruited as a quarterback, came in, switched immediately to running back because they had a need at running back, and then he led the team, I believe, that year in rushing. Um, and so obviously, you know, versatile, coachable, that like uh, showing you know sacrifices and switching position and and running with it, uh, pun intended. And then you know, obviously, sticking with the team, even though they re- they recruited like the best. <laughs> like running back recruit ever or whatever last 10 years. Um, and, you know, obviously he was a backup there, um, but I think he's the type of running back that does a little bit of everything really well. Um, pass pro catching passes, breaking tons of tackles, making the most of his carries uh, tone setter, special teams, like all the, all the cliches that like coaches love, I think actually does matter a little bit because I think he's going to see the field because of those things. Um and I don't know if he's ever going to be like a, a super explosive guy who runs away from people and, and creates big plays, but I've comped him to two guys that really come to mind for him, for me with him is Chris Carson, the Seahawks former running back. Oh, yeah. And then, um, and in fact, like Chris Carson, if you look at their final year college numbers, they're almost like identical because <laughs> Chris Carson was backing up justice Hill at Oklahoma state. Um, Man. and then zoomers will not remember. Yeah. Remember those days. That's yeah. Justice Hill is like a reason I'm like worried about Devin Jane a little bit. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's gonna Justice Hill. This is gonna finally happen in 2020. He's still in the league, I think. Yeah, he's been um, hanging around. He's still in the Ravens. Yeah. So, um, but yes, like the so for him, he's he's a big sort of upright runner, but he's physical. He breaks a lot of tackles. Uh, the other guy he reminds me of is Brian Robinson. I think like similar profiles. Um, you know, just grinders that coaches are gonna want to play because they trust him. You mentioned cliches, Danny. The the cliche, the, the the rare guy recruited to Texas as a quarterback who they wanted to change positions who like actually did it. Like uh, <laughs> we all remember the the meme of Mac Brown recording like re- recruiting like one generational athlete after another as like they were a quarterback and like we want you to play corner. Uh, someone actually was recruited and changed positions for Texas, <laughs> and uh, he's the next Miles Sanders, stuck behind a generational exactly. talent. Yeah. And, yeah, you're not the first guy who's come on the pod and praised Rashawn Johnson. He's gonna be another guy 
depending on where he goes, like his dynasty draft capital could like maybe like shock some people because they look at his college numbers, maybe don't know a ton about him. Like this guy was a backup. Like mm-hmm. I know it would be John, but it seems like someone who could end up going really, really. Where, where have you seen him going in dynasty drafts, Danny? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, anywhere honestly from like the late second, and this is super. I do super flex mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super flex tight end premium, so you get like these guys get pushed back a little bit because there's tight ends going and, and quarterbacks going. But um, I, th- I believe just off the top of my head, like anywhere from late second into the middle part of the third round. Um, if you get him in the late third, like that to me is like a huge value. Um, but early to mid third, I'd say it's probably around average. I don't know the ADP in front of me, but yeah. And that makes sense to me too. Like if it's a super flex and tight end premium that he is probably going to go like mid second and like more standard ones. And yeah. people like might be kind of uncomfortable with that, but yeah, you have to really contextualize. I mean, for being behind Bijan too, these are pretty great numbers. Like, right. For yeah, being, he was like super efficient. Like he was a good tackle breaker in college. And I think what you said about him, uh, like he's coaches are probably going to like him. I don't know for sure, but like he's he did play special teams and will play special teams in the NFL. He's a good pass blocker. Connor yeah. Rogers came on and comped him to Jamal Williams because Williams we haven't seen it recently, but yeah. he's a really he actually is a good pass catcher. He didn't do that at all in Detroit, but in, in Green Bay, he was a really good pass catcher. And PFF ranks him every year as one of the best pass blockers. And that's like what Roshan projects to do. Like I don't know if he's going to be the most special back, but like I see him having a role in the league for a long time. And even as a rookie, because like you said, like it reminds me of the opposite of when Damian Harris came in. Like Damian Harris is a good runner. Right. He was healthy scratch for almost every game of his rookie year because he doesn't do anything other than run. Whereas Roshan's the opposite. Like, I don't know if he'll ever be like a, as interesting of a runner as Damian Harris. He's pretty good if his knees aren't shot. Uh, but he will immediately find a role doing something. And that's probably pretty valuable, especially for a guy like he's not going to go at the top of the second round. Right. I, I think he's a really good prospect, but he's going to have to earn his playing time in uh, in a committee and maybe on special teams. He has clearly shown that ability in college. He had to. Yeah, I think and, and with these this year's running back class in particular, like there's about 12 guys that could go at that third round, fourth round range. I think like, it's hard to project some of these guys. Some of them might fall a little bit later, but if you're doing dynasty drafts before the draft, I think Roshan is one of the safer guys, quote unquote, safer running backs in this, like, you know, sort of tier of running backs to take just because I do think he's going to earn those, those reps early on because they're the coaches will be able to like trust him to do some of that stuff that you don't really expect. Like, Zach Evans to do or whatever, you know what I mean? Like he's, I I feel like he has a higher floor year one and he'll retain his value a little bit quicker uh, or he'll like pay off on his value a little, a little quicker. And you can maybe trade him if you don't like what's happening, but, um, but yeah. Uh, 95th percentile elusive rating for Roshan Johnson. So the guy broke some tackles in college. And I I think that translates pretty well, usually to, to the NFL. He averaged 4.28 yards after contact uh, per attempt, which was actually more than Bijan. There you go. Bijan's a so it's better than Bijan is what I'm saying. Yeah. I heard it here first. Yeah. Danny, real quick, you comped him to Chris Carson. Does that mean he like runs like a crash test dummy? Like hopefully like he's not like, seeking yeah. out contact and like, uh, like, man, Chris Carson was so fun to watch. Play. Oh yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, I think so. Contact. Like he'll, he'll try to run guys over. He'll jump over guys. That kind of reminded me of, of Chris Carson too. Just like, uh, and the fact that they're both taller, big physical guys, um, without uh, like an extra gear to run away from people like Chris Carson yeah. in his throughout his career. Like I think had probably like two 20 yard plus runs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's just like not creating big plays, um, but he's just so good everywhere else. That doesn't matter. 
Yep. If you yeah, for the listener, Roshan six foot two twenty. He's legit big. Yeah. Like looks, he, he can play all three downs. Obviously, he didn't get to do it in college. Uh, he has a reasonable excuse. I think he's a hard guy for the for the spreadsheet nerds, myself included, to handle. Because like mm-hmm. guys who are less, he, he's not even committee back. He was just a backup in college. Just almost never pan out. But like, if you make an exception to to the rule, this is what it looks like. Obviously, like you can be a little more right. dig a little deeper and be like, yeah, of course they played Bijan over him. But when he was on the field, as Denny pointed out, with his elite elusiveness, like he made every every snap, every touch count. Finally, a prospect cracking two bills. By the way, um, yeah, so, Danny, who is the last guy you want to talk about? Can your- I get? Can I give you guys the choice between three people because I'm having a very hard time deciding who I want to talk about, and that way you can oh, say. Yeah, I'll take it. Throw it to Kyle. Marvin Mims, uh, Jalen Reed. One one winner. Jaden Reed, sorry. And then uh, Kendra Miller. Who do you like? Go, with, you Kendra, go with Kendra. Go with Kendra and Mims if, if you can do those two. Sure. Um, so we'll start with Kendra. He's been, a, he's been sort of a tough one for me to like figure out throughout the process. There are games where I watch him and I'm like, this guy is Ramondre Stevenson light. Um, he just kind of has that similar style of running where – Bigger guy with really quick, light feet, able to negotiate tight spaces and anticipate diving tackle. Like the one thing I love about Ramondre is like guys will like dive at his feet constantly, and he always like makes guys miss um, with these you know anticipatory jumps and, and jukes and leaps and things. Which I I always love that like stylistically, it's such a fun thing to watch. Um, and so I saw that on his tape a little bit. Um, he I think it has underrated ability as a pass catcher. Like I don't think he's going to be necessarily catching 60 balls or anything like that. But I think he could be utilizing the passing game. Um, and he's just got, again, he's a, he's big, which matters in this class. And so um, he's another guy that I think could go anywhere from like late third to fifth round. And it wouldn't really surprise me. Um, but I liked his tape enough to kind of get behind him. And I've started to really like it more and more as I, I go throughout this process and watch him more and, and compare him to the other backs more. Um, he just seems to me like a very well-rounded prospect who can break tackles. He's got a little bit of power in the goal line area. I think they'd be able to utilize him in the red zone. Um, he can catch passes well enough to be utilized there. And he's young. He's only 20 something years old. He's, he's 20 and change. He's 20, I think in like five months or something like that. So he's really young and has a lot of um, room to develop and all that. And so, and also not very much uh, tread on the tires or he has a lot of tread on the tires still. So um, I think there's a lot to like there. Assuming he gets early, day three capital and not late day three. I think I, I, I'm in on him. He might get it too. Cause like you say, he doesn't turn 21 until this summer and just a mammoth final year at TCU after the coaching change. He seems like someone, the teams will be able to talk themselves into. I wanted to say yeah, briefly uh, that to the, uh, he visited with the lions, uh, Miller visited with the lions uh-oh. this week. And uh, the lions uh, front office has said, that uh, they don't care about the analytics as far as running backs go. So we uh, <laughs> could see that happen. They care about dog levels, and, and he's got some dog in him. Also, like you said, yeah. Danny, like we, uh, like we only have so many running backs in this class that are going to be over 200. Like if you want a guy who can handle a lot of touches, your options are relatively slim this year. And I think that's like a pretty obvious, like easy path for him to get into the third round among a lot of guys, like you said. There are a lot of guys who's, range of outcomes as we are a week out from the draft is like 
sneaks into late day two, early day three, or gets to the fifth or sixth round. I just don't know yeah. how teams value them. He has like a, a key trait that uh, that a lot of guys in this class at every single position somehow don't have, which is just size and physicality. So I'll actually let you talk about Jaden Reeks. I think I've done the Marvin Mims spiel on this show. Before. I was going to say Kyle's eyes lit up in Marvin Mims. I know Eric Froton loves uh, Marvin Mims. And Danny, I, I know we got to get you out of here. So yeah, you can choose no, Reed and Mims. Um, I... I'll I'll choose Jaden Reed just because I feel like Mims has gotten so much. Steam He's getting a lot of Twitter. I, I believe it's days. called steam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're steaming him up. Um, <laughs> that we can talk about somebody else. But yeah, Jaden Reed to me was a guy that was sort of on my radar going into the Senior Bowl. You know, not like a guy that I was really looking forward to watching necessarily. And then I thought he had one of the best weeks of any of the receivers there. He was just again. Going back to the size thing, he's not big, but he's a lot bigger than some of these other, you know, 170 pound, 165 pound guys that are in this class. He's like 180, 190 pounds. And he's, he's built like, a little he's bit. He's 5'11. Longer. That's like six mm-hmm. foot four now. And he's, he's, he looked big compared to the other receivers, which is weird because he's whatever he is, 5'11, 185, 190 pounds. Um, but he looked a lot bigger. He's built more compactly and muscular than I think a lot of these other guys. A lot of these, some of these receivers coming in are honestly like petite. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's no room to put on weight either probably for some of these guys. So that's another reason I liked him, but um, you know, going back to his college days, this, the 2022 offense for Michigan state was abysmal. The passing offense was uh, not good. Um, so that certainly hurt his production. Um, but going back and I was watching some of his 2021 tape and like guy gets open downfield. He's explosive. He's got really quick feet to get off the line. Um, as a quick aside, man, watching that offense, uh, Kenneth Walker is ridiculous. Like he's <laughs> so good. <laughs> I was, I was going back and watching in Jane Reed in 2021. And I kept being like, how, how are people not higher on Kenny Walker? Like Kenneth Walker was like ludicrously good. Uh, he was like flattening people. Too, yeah. I feel like so. Um, but anyways, yes, to me, he, he has, um, He's got the speed. He's got a little bit more size. He's got really quick feet. He's a good returner, which I think always sort of just adds to the profile. It's like one more thing you can check off. Like he's got dynamic ability in open field and in space. He turns into a running back after the catch. Um, he is 23 years old, so that's definitely like oh, a, never mind. a knock. Yeah, <laughs> it's a knock on his profile, but he did start his career at Western Michigan and he outproduced. I want to say he outproduced Sky Moore at Western Michigan, Uh-oh. Um, which maybe <laughs> is not like the strongest argument in retrospect. But like, you know, he 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 went in there and he did like he he put up big numbers um, right away. He transferred to Michigan State, uh, and so he's had a little bit of a circuitous route through college. But that might be a part of the reason why he's a, an older prospect. I think he's he. He produced early in his career, regardless. And the yeah, league has got gotten that. more comfortable. Real quick, Kyle, the, the league has just gotten more comfortable with those securitous routes to circuitous right. routes, and it's like this is becoming a bigger part of the college prospect experience. Yeah, now. especially with like NIL and then the the ability for players to move more freely. Like it makes sense totally. for some of them to stay. Not that he like exactly fits that bill. Uh, it was Dwayne Eskridge that he outproduced. Um, oh, not Sky Moore. My bad. I think he starting. Would you? Dwayne's probably starting in three receiver sets. He outproduced. Danny doesn't want to talk about it. Seahawks fan doesn't want to talk about it. That's that's not. Yeah, again, not a great (laughs) argument necessarily that he uh, outproduced Dwayne Eskridge, but yeah, it is it is notable because uh, Eskridge got drafted in the second round. Um, Yeah, I mean, being on an NFL roster, like 
that guy is good in college, right? right like, and it's, right. it's an accomplishment in the NFL. So the fact that he outproduced him, I actually do think like means something, right? I don't know how much it means. It's hard to quantify. <laughs> but, like, I actually do think that's important. Like, it's better than not outproducing Dwayne Eskridge. Do you have, I, I have one like random question. Do you like, should he have left after the 2021 season? He topped a thousand yards. It was yeah. like a really strong breakout season for him. And he would have left as a, as like productive three-year player, which analytically matters a lot. Right. I think probably matters for NFL teams that are analytically focused too. Yeah. I mean, I think he had, so 59 catches over a thousand yards, 10 touchdowns. Is that, am I looking at that right? I think that's yeah, yeah. Um, what he had as a junior. And, and yeah, I mean, that is probably a day two guy with those stats. Um, so yeah, I don't. I do not know why. It, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but um, maybe he came back, thought that the team would do well, or it, there's always different reasons for it. Maybe he got a a bad grade from the draft advisory board. Um, but yeah, he certainly put together a good enough season that year to come out and like would have been on all of our radar. I think on that one, but um, obviously it didn't work out for him coming back because the numbers went down. But I still think he's based on everything you're hearing sort of like, well, Jim Nagy obviously does a lot of um, promoting of senior bowl guys in general, but like he's hearing day, potentially a day two for this guy. And so if, if Jaden Reed ends up on day two, like I think he's going to be one of the guys that jumps a lot in, in rookie drafts. I mean, cause I got him, <clears throat> I think I, like late fourth in, in one draft. Like he, he's not someone. It seems unlikely. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like he's going to be like a riser. Yeah. Man. He'll be like third round at least if he does go on day two. Um, so he's got to keep in mind on, on draft day. We joked about the age, but I think this is something we're going to have to get used to, I think, with prospects being a little more open to older prospects for two reasons, because there actually will be some guys who just stay in college now because they like it with the NIL money. That's still going to be the exception. Like Van Wilder. I, I like yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's going to be like an exception, but just there are going to be guys who would have spent their entire career buried on a depth chart. But now right. with it being so much easier to transfer – like guys who just were good all along and we just didn't know. Like Matt Castle, there's not going to be Matt Castle centering the league anymore with like zero college pass attempts. You know, like if you're good, you're, right. you're in general just not going to wither on a roster. And we just maybe shouldn't be so dismissive of like a 23-year-old prospect the way we typically are in dynasty yep. drafts. Um, yeah. Like to say Joseph Burrow. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were right about him, though. He's terrible. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, no, really, really good stuff, Danny. Uh Anything in particular you got coming up for the draft? Only one week left. It's crunch time. I know. What do you got um, going on over at the ringer? Well, you can check out my NFL draft guide at the, the uh, what is it? The at ringer. The, sorry, the NFL beast, draft, right? At, Your draft guide's NFL called draft the beast dot- from the athletic. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's not me. Uh, NFL draft at the ringer.com. Um, and then you can check me out on the ringer NFL draft show slash the ringer NFL fantasy show ringer fantasy football show. I, we have two names and I never get either of them right. Um, the ringer. Fantasy. It's a thing we, we wouldn't understand. Say, we wouldn't know anything about the name for decades. <laughs> I need to practice this, I think. Um, and then we got the metal draft coming out next week. If you've Ooh. seen that in the past, it's basically just a big spoof that we do about um, turning the metal draft, it's turning the NFL draft into like a, a monster truck show, essentially. Uh, it's hard to explain. But yeah. It sounds very ringer. It sounds like something needs to be checked out. I can't really explain the metal draft. Just look up uh, metal draft ringer. I thought you guys were drafting uh, metal bands. No? <laughs> that that's that's not, that sounds new, like something the ringer would do. Um, yeah, I, I would honor the new Metallica album. Uh, Danny, your draft guide is honestly amazing. Must read stuff. So please Thank check you. out Danny's draft. Very easy to find. Pinned at his profile on Twitter at Danny B. Kelly. You got a week to read it. I would highly recommend doing so. 
Um, thank you so much for coming by and sharing some of your knowledge, letting us pick your brain, letting us literally pick some of the players you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> so, no problem. Appreciate for it, Dan, For Danny Kelly, for Danny Carter, for Kyle Dvorak, I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a lot more draft content.